welcome to the second season of our Triune Pod. We are still preparing you to praise. Join me, the Reverend Nick Comiskey, and the Reverend Bendy Hart for a conversation about low-key theology, lived experience, and often unrelated pop culture as we break down one of the Psalms. We hope it's an inspiring, maybe a bit irreverent, but mostly helpful way to get you ready for some God time. Season two, Ben. Here we are. So excited. Now, man, now when you put this on your resume, you can say uh, hosted multi-season Christian podcast. Oh, it's right? already on the CV. I'm, I'm okay. already on it, man. <laughs> Not that I'm applying for other jobs, but no, that's good. Yeah, that's great. Um, so we're here to talk about the Psalms. Uh, very exciting. Are you Super ready? Pumped. Yeah, man. Yeah. So uh, I, I will admit, I mean, uh, you know, I've been to seminary, taken Bible classes in college, taking seminary classes on the scriptures, but yeah, just diving into the Psalms in preparation for this pod. I feel like I know more about the Psalms than ever before. Uh, And I'm just trying to like give you guys, you listeners, just a little, like, what are the Psalms? We're not going to talk too much about this because we're mostly about devotionals and getting ready for the upcoming reading and being excited about the Lord and maybe even being touched by some of these. But to give a little bit of background, the Psalms are Hebrew poetry, only it's Hebrew poetry that doesn't rhyme. It doesn't have meter. Hebrew poetry, and this is actually helpful to know, it, it's, its form is what's called parallelism. Uh, and an example of that would be like, Joseph was an old man, and an old man was he. It's essentially like, halfing something. It's saying the same exact thing in a different way. So it's not necessarily saying more in that second half, but it's saying that same thing in another way. And, you know, I don't want to get into particulars, but sometimes it's not half. Sometimes it's in threes. Sometimes it builds upon the thing that was before. Sometimes not. I don't really want to get into that too much. All that to say is that Jesus sometimes talks like this too. I mean, think about when he says, for what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. So again, judgment, measure, it's saying the same thing. I didn't if know we your, don't... Uh, I didn't know your Jesus spoke in the King James, man. That's yeah, a, well, that's very authoritative. <laughs> and yeah, and, and just so that everybody knows, we're going to use the uh, 1979 Coverdale-ish edition Psalms. You don't need to know what that is. It's just like a translation of the Psalms. But the only other thing I want to say before we, we jump on is that, and this is, I think is actually more interesting, is that the Psalms are really broken up into five books. So think the Pentateuch, think the Torah, think Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the five books of Moses. There are five books in the Psalms. And the reason we know that is when they're all compiled and put together, there are endings at the, each, at the end of each book that essentially end, praise to the Lord forever, amen, amen. So the Psalms are oftentimes sung. They were sung in the Jewish world. They're sung in the Christian world. A bunch of them are corporate hymns. Some of them are personal. Some of them, the people of God are on a pilgrimage. There's a lot of variety. And I think 
the best way to end this is to say the the Psalms give witness to the full range of human emotions. So, yeah, I mean, anything you want to add to that, Nick, before we jump into our first one? I mean, I think the only thing I would say is that the Psalms are different than the rest of the books of the Bible in that they are meant to be said or mm. sung or performed. Mm. So it's not yeah. something that is prim- primarily heard and, or if, you know, if you're in circles that I'm in, like studied, like inductively, you know, mm. they're, they're poetry. And so they're designed to be said, and the meaning comes from the saying them, the meaning doesn't come from the reading them in the same way. So I know like in churches like ours, you don't hear the Psalms read, like you hear other readings, you pray them. Sometimes you pray Mm -hmm. them verse by verse. Sometimes it's like everyone says them together, or you say it like half and half, or there's different ways of doing that, but what that underscores, and that's why we want to do this for the, for the podcast. We're not trying to like Here's the meaning of Psalm 146. We want you to have totally. a Bible nugget. It's more like when you say this, whether on Sunday morning or whether you say it after this, uh, you know, if you want to just say it on your own, you know, that's cool too. But the idea is when you pray it, the truth is revealed in the praying. It's not something mm-hmm. like a book that you read, discover meaning from the text and then have it in your mind. It's like, it's performative. I know we use that word a lot now negatively, but I'm meaning that positively. Like you get totally. out, you get something out of it as you do it. So why don't you do it? Yeah, Yeah. no, man, let's, let's, let's jump right in. And so we're going to do Psalm 146. That's this Sunday's upcoming Psalm. And so I mentioned that there are five books of the Psalm, the last five songs, Psalms 146 through 150 are popularly known as hallelujah Psalms. And at the end of the Psalter, we're singing praise, which I think nobody cares. Let's, let's go. Let's go. (laughs) All right. All right. Fair enough. So it goes like this. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. O my soul. I will praise the Lord. As long as I live, I will sing praises to my God while I have my being put not your trust in rulers, nor in any child of earth, for there is no help in them. When they breathe their last, they return to earth. And in that day, their thoughts perish. Happy are they who have the God of Jacob for their help, whose hope is in the Lord, their God, who made heaven and earth, the seas and all that is in them who keeps his promise forever, who gives justice to those who are oppressed and food to those who hunger. The Lord sets the prisoner free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord cares for the stranger. He sustains the orphan and widow, but frustrates the way of the wicked. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, throughout all generations. Hallelujah. All right, Nick. What do you do with Psalm 146? Well, man, the first thing to, to point out, and this is something that we'll be returning to, I'm sure, time and time and again over this next year, but is that first main clause, um, praise the Lord, oh, my soul. One of the things that we'll see in Psalms like this is that there is the, the psalmist, the author of the psalm, is commanding him or herself to hmm. praise so there's almost this self-exhortation going on. I've, uh, I've heard it said, um, and I think this is a very insightful comment, is that in, in our age, our, you know, our Enneagram generation, we are very good at listening to ourselves. You know, we really privilege self-discovery, self-knowledge, and I, that's a good thing. But what the Psalms particularly reference or celebrate is this virtue of talking to yourself, of eliciting praise, commanding praise. So 
you know, as you say this Psalm, you're kind of reminding yourself, no, I'm going to choose to praise the Lord. I'm going to like, I don't know, activate this muscle or <laughs> like, I'm mm-hmm. going to get out of myself, get out of my own prison, prison of my own subjectivity and my own anxieties and fears. And I'm going to like center myself into the goodness. And as we'll continue, and as we talk about the Psalm, the praise of God and why God is worthy to be praised. But it's just like that opening implicit exhortation, like praise the Lord. Oh, my soul. I don't care what you're feeling like soul. Mm -hmm. I'm going to praise God. And I think that's a, you know, powerful antidote to like, you know, that, that sense of like, uh, you know, if I don't feel it, I can't do it. It's like, well, who cares what you feel? Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul, you know, get out of your, you're not saying it's someone else, you know, Ben, praise the Lord. No, it's like, Uh Nick, you know, awaken, uh, awaken my heart, you know, awaken my soul. Yeah. I think what's really helpful with that too is, Again, we talked about the Psalms give weight to the whole range of human emotion. We've had a lot of crying songs, lots of laments, but these last five, beginning with this one, really are just praise the Lord over and over. And it kind of reminds me of that movie, The Tree of Life, where the movie is just a meditation on human grief and the loss of a child. But as it ends, you kind of you, you almost have this mystical vision of like, you know, uh, the Holy Mother and Christ, and it ends kind of on this note of praise. And here we have it on the Psalms themselves. And um, I think uh, Tim Keller goes on to say that it's, you know, if you spend enough time in prayer, which includes yelling at God, which includes being angry, you know, this and that, it always ends in prayer. And I think he goes so far as to say in bliss, too. Mm which is pretty interesting. Dude, I I rewatched Thin Red Line like two weeks ago. Terrence Malick is just incredible. Thin Red Line has to be like one of the best five war movies ever. Have you seen it recently? Not recently. I need to. It's on Hulu. It is like, it is transcendent. It is unbelievable, but that's neither here nor there. I love that you keep talking about that, but let's keep going. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Sorry. (laughs) Um, But uh, so, yeah. Okay. So that was the first thing I wanted to point out. Just this idea Mm -hmm. of exhortation, praise the Lord. Oh, my soul, get out of yourself, awake my soul. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think, what there's a lot of ways that you could break down this Psalm. One thing I love about the Psalms is there's not like this is the historic interpretation. It's like, man, we're all trying to make sense of this. You know, like there's a lot of different ways of reading it. But I think one way to look about this Psalm is that is it's, it's, it's a wisdom Psalm. It's, it's saying there's a wrong way to be happy, to pursue happiness. And there's a right way to pursue happiness. And the wrong way to, to pursue happiness is to put your trust in human rulers, to look to any human ruler, any child of earth to make you happy. And what this Psalm teaches us is that, they will not make you happy. They will fail you. And what I love, you know, there are lots of Psalms that lament like wicked Kings are people who are in positions of power who should not be. Um, this Psalm is not saying anything good or bad about any ruler or Prince. It's just saying they die and therefore they will not make you happy. <laughs> even the totally. best, you know, even our Lord and savior, Barack Obama, you know, like he had eight years, man. And then someday he's going to die and he won't be able to make Netflix documentaries. You know, like there's just this, there's, it's, it's not so much the character of of any king that's being critiqued here. It's just that they're transient. Like they cannot mm-hmm. translate even their virtues into permanence because they will die and their ambitions and their, let's just say positive abilities to affect justice will die with them. So there is a wrong way. Which is super appropriate on election day here today. Look at you. Oh yes. Is this election day? Oh, I have no idea. Who, who do we vote for? 
Um, well, I guess Nick's not in the local politics. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that stuff doesn't matter. No, it's just about what it's just performative stuff about presidents, man. That's what politics is about. Anyway, um, so yeah, well, we could we could pause there, man. I think that's worth just camping out on for a second. The transience of human rulers and how they will not help you. There's a commentary I was uh, consulting for this. It's this is a little like high-minded language, but it's uh, I find it kind of funny. Um, do not put your trust in princes, the psalmist sagely admonishes in one of scripture's least followed directives. <laughs> and what they highlight is just how, and I think this is worth, I mean, this is a facet of the Bible that uh, I don't hear talked about that much. I don't talk about a lot either. It's just how, how untrustworthy human power is. You know, and especially in the old, you know, New Testament, Pontius Pilate and the book of Revelation, but in the Old Testament, whether it's in the book of Judges with Gideon or Samuel and his warnings about the monarchy, there is just this persistent critique. Do not look to human princes to save you because they will disappoint you. Anyone, another quote, anyone who will return to dust cannot be trusted to make us happy. So that, you know, that political theology, as it were, embedded in this psalm of praise, which says, like, do not look to any human ruler to make you happy. Yeah. And it's not like the, the psalms is saying that rulers are bad. In fact, you know, the heart of God here is to give justice to those who are oppressed, food to the hungry, set the prisoners free, open the eyes of the blind, dot, dot, dot. Essentially, he's for what we might call disenfranchised. But yeah, I mean, it's not just like, I mean, this, he's probably talking about monarchs here, uh, people who are have power until they die. But for us, it's like four years. Or as you said, Barack Obama, he's got eight years and then it's over. And yeah, somebody else is going to probably completely undo what has been done. Um, and yeah, we, we look to Christ ultimately for these things. And I think also it like really connects with these last five Psalms, like that the blessedness and bliss, the praise that goes on unendingly is directed toward the one who does not die yeah, uh, or who does not lose power. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, is not I think mortal. the same critique, any child of earth, that that's like ecclesial rulers too. You know, that's like celebrity mm -hmm. pastors, that's bishops, that's anyone. Like, it yeah. doesn't mean they're all bad. It doesn't mean they can't do profound good, but it means like, you know, to whatever sound weird, like for the converted person, like there's just, there's an ambivalence about any human ruler or there's like an, um, there's not ultimate loyalty or allegiance, even if it's a really good ruler, even if it's someone in the church, there's just like a recognition that there's a, a qualitative abyss between any human ruler and mm -hmm. the Lord Jesus Christ, because Jesus died and will never die again. And every other human ruler, you know, will, will end. And so he, you know, um, has, hasn't died yet. So yeah, uh, that's just worth adding. Uh, anything, anything else there? Are you? Should we, should no, well, just uh, I, I looked at a few other translations, which I found interesting. Uh, so one of the commentary writers I said said that the word for ruler could also refer to essentially an influencer. Uh, this person's not talking about Instagram or social media, but that made me think about that. It's like do not put your trust in a ruler. An influencer. And in uh, Eugene Peterson's message translation, he translated expert, uh, which is very fascinating, right? Like uh, we're told to follow the experts when that adheres to the positions that we hold, but don't hold to these other experts. And um, yeah, just, I, I think, I mean, obviously it's not, none of these passages are saying that experts are bad or influencers are bad or rulers are bad, but 
if we lean our whole weight on them, we are going to be disappointed. And it just kind of reminds me of the folks, we've mentioned this before, but who talk to me because they wake up to panic attacks at three o'clock in the morning and they realize that they are going to die. Uh, and all that they do is probably gonna be left behind. And here in this Psalm, we are told, like, put your trust in the one who is faithful, the one who will not breathe his last. In fact, this one did breathe his last, but raised himself up again. Uh, this mm. is the one we can trust. Yeah. That's great. Um, I thought you were just going to go on your little uh, anti-Fauci rant, King, and I was going to I was going to let you do that, but we'll move false, on. False listeners, I'm not there. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Nick. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Um, um, everything I say, everyone's going to be like, "What is? What are their political views?" It's, it's mildly sarcastic. That's what everyone needs to know, you know. Um, but anyway, uh, some about anything that related to the Bible. Um, so in the the translation that we're using and the verse numbers that we're using is from the book of common prayer it's sometimes different like in a niv bible but in our translation the second half of verse five you know happy are they who have the god of jacob for their help that's verse four why because god 5b keeps his promise forever uh, older translations use the the phrase who keeps faith forever and um, I think that to me is like the real linchpin of what this Psalm teaches us about God. There's God's power on display through creation, obviously, but what the real heart of it is like, you know, it's one thing to have an all powerful God that can be kind of terrifying. What is gracious mm -hmm. and comforting is that we serve a God who keeps faith forever, who keeps his promise forever, who is always faithful. And what the rest of the Psalm does is describe those ac activities by which the Lord keeps faith. So what does it mean for God to keep, keep faith, to be, to keep his promise? It means those who are oppressed find justice. Those who are hungry find food. Those who are imprisoned are set free. Those who are blind, their eyes are open. I, I don't want to go on, but just that idea of what the faithfulness of God, what God keeping faith implies is this profound, to use one of your words, rectification, like a setting of right, that which is mm. wrong. And it's oftentimes an inversion of the of power in our world. Um, you know, another way to look at this and some of the commentators point this out is this is um, one of the most famous passages in the new Testament, Luke chapter four, Jesus is like, my policy platform is to set the prisoners free. <laughs> it's to give sight to the blind. That's the character of Jesus because Jesus is God. And, you know, and what, so what this Psalm teaches us about God, it is ultimately pointing us towards Christ. Jesus is the, the one who gives justice, who feeds the hungry, yada 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 yeah and i think just for those of us who are listening who may not experience hunger like this i mean this is obviously real on a like a physical level but i think this is also very true on the spiritual level those of us who are blind spiritually i mean the metaphor is in the text those of us who are prisoners to whatever it might be those of us who you know but we could go so far as to say oppressed like the lord is here for us, he keeps his promises, though everyone else be a liar. Our God is no liar, and he yeah, is for us. Yeah, that's good, man. I mean, yeah, I think it is very appropriate to read into this psalm a kind of kingdom of God-centered, emancipatory politics. Like, you know, like, and think about our brothers and sisters in the majority world who think about this in a way that's very differently than we do. But mm -hmm. that's not me. And so what's much more honest for me is to think about this the way this describes me like i'm not oppressed 
with like structural realities, yeah, whatever. But like I experience forms of oppression, oftentimes self-imposed, self-imposed or hunger, spiritually hunger, and that God would feed me with truth. Or I, you know, I'm not a literal prisoner, but like that I am bound to things that I do not want to be bound to so that the Lord would liberate me, that I'm spiritually blind, that God would open my eyes, um, you know, that I am righteous, I guess, by faith. Amen. <laughs> you know, that I'm a, an orphan or a widow. I've experienced loss. We've all experienced loss. We're all lonely. I just think, you know, you can, you can personalize this Psalm and see it as ways in which God has turned your life around. Or, you know, if you think about it as the church corporate who is saying this Psalm, it's not just an individual prayer. This is descriptions of what God has done for his people and what God is doing for his people. It's eschatological and it's ultimate fulfillment, but it's also a description of what the Lord Jesus Christ is doing in the here and now. All right, man. We, we good? Close it out? We good. I think that was a good first go. So hope you're loving season two. We're going to be back next week with another psalm. All right. Psalm 146. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in rulers, nor in any child of earth, for there is no help in them. When they breathe their last, they return to earth, and in that day their thoughts perish. Happy are they who have the God of Jacob for their help, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the seas, and all that is in them, who keeps his promise forever, who gives justice to those who are oppressed and food to those who hunger, the Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord cares for the stranger. He sustains the orphan and widow. He frustrates the way of the wicked. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. Your God, O Zion, throughout all generations. Hallelujah. How about that episode of Our Trying Pod? Now that you've been prepped for praise, won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review? We promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming. So be sure to join us for another episode of your absolute favorite podcast.